You're listening to Fascinating Women with Mark Laurie. And now, Mark Laurie. Hello, everyone. It's Mark Laurie here again from the Fascinating Women podcast. Normally, I'm behind the lens with inner spirit photography, photographing amazing women. But today, I'm speaking with Laurie Ann Sackla. And she has a very, very diverse background that we're going to unravel today. <laughs> Welcome, Laura. Lori, Laura, Lori, Lori, there we go. <laughs> I was working so hard to get to not mess up the names, and there I am. <laughs> That's okay. Good morning, Mark. Thanks Good for morning. having me uh, here today to talk about a little bit about, I guess, my background. Yeah, about yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because everyone is their background. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so going back, let's start there. Going back with your, your childhood, what would be the top lesson you brought forward from your childhood? Okay, wow. Tough lesson. Well, I, I guess it would really speak to my mother. Mm-hmm. My mother was one of my obviously most uh, biggest supporter. Not only my biggest supporter, but uh, a very exemplary role model for myself. That's good. You know, she was probably the kindest person I ever knew, Mm -hmm. never spoke ill word about anyone. And if I learned anything from her, it would be her motto, which is people are people. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that has sat with me for most of my life. And, uh, And I always go back to that saying, people are people. And it has made me a more compassionate Mm -hmm. and kind human being and just her role modeling, that kind of behavior for myself and my sister and brother was pivotal to that. Yeah. So that's what I something I think most moms seem to get that across. I got that from my mom as well. Did it's you? Like, yeah, that's yeah. she said basically there's good people and there's bad people. Spend your time with good people. <laughs> yeah. My mom would have twisted that and yeah. said everybody's good and everybody has some good in them. Mm-hmm. So um, there uh, yeah, there is that as well. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And You know, which brings me, you know, kind of like, I've always looked at people Mm -hmm. as, it's not what's wrong with that person, Mm -hmm. but what happened to that person? What happened to that person on their journey that impacted their life, whether adverse event, Mm -hmm. trauma, you know, so it's always, I think that increases your level of understanding and keeping curious about that individual. So you become less judgmental. You're right. Um, one of the mentors I have was was talking about having discussions, mm-hmm. and so few people have good discussions. It's more, here's my point of view, take it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and uh, his point was, well, you've got to find out why they came with their point of view and how mm-hmm. far apart are you really. And I think when you have that, the compassion comes out and you start to understand where they come from. You don't have to agree with where they come from, yeah. but, but when you understand where they come from, then you can find some common ground. Does that make sense for sure mm-hmm. like agree to disagree <laughs> yeah, yes one of those right yeah. and and you know i've got a few of those with some friends that have <laughs> you know different political views in mm-hmm. me and religious views but uh you know that's what makes them so wonderful is that they are not like me yeah yeah the diversity yeah. is really important because i think it keeps you in, enriched it does enriched. Yeah. 
And so you've had a pretty diverse life as well. So before we get in with the deeper kind of stuff, sure. let's, you're you're in the medical medical field's wrong. You're the more of the social medical world. Maybe describe that a little bit. Yeah. So my training is clinical yeah. social work. I have a master's in clinical social work, and uh, I'm you know an undergrad in psychology mm-hmm. and sociology. So very curious about the human mind, obviously, <laughs> and what yes. makes people tick. Mm-hmm. And so and uh, I continue on that journey and. Mm-hmm. In terms of personal growth. So, how far back did you go before you started going? This is what I'm honing in on. So, I think I was as an adolescent. I, I, um, I had several friends that committed suicide mm-hmm. and completed suicide, and my best friend had uh, asphyxiated himself in his garage. Okay. As a young teen, it, mm-hmm. it really kind of mentally messed me up, myself mm-hmm. up. So, I ran away from home. Right got in the entertainment industry mm-hmm. as a, um, first I started as a swimsuit model, and then I started mud wrestling, oil <laughs> wrestling, and jello wrestling, which really took me around the world. So it was, it was a very interesting experience. That brings a whole image into mind. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, um, yeah, so I think it was back then, mm-hmm. and I wanted to help teens mm-hmm. and children and and even in the entertainment industry watching people with addictions mm-hmm. and mental health and just poor life choices and mm-hmm. the impact of those poor life choices mm-hmm. maybe really want to help people mm-hmm. i remember a stat i came across a guy was talking about how many good decisions you have to make out of all of the decisions you make in a day mm-hmm. to be mediocre or successful and it is surprisingly low of all the photos of all the experiences or the choices you make from great to small i think it's something like seven percent Five percent. If you get five percent mm-hmm. of all your decisions are right, you're for a good life. So it sort of yeah. suggests um, how few good, you know, the few bad decisions a person can make before things kind of go sideways. Yeah. Well, I, I don't regret anything <laughs> I've done, but yeah. I have made lots of poor choices, <laughs> and especially in my um, intimate relationships. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> I think it made me a stronger person, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't change anything, really. Yeah, that's, that's a, I look at my background, and I'm kind yeah. of the, sort of the same way about it. And, yeah. and I don't know if poor choices is often a good phrase. Mm-hmm. Sometimes um, it's been drilled to me like you've got things you're successful with and things are learning curves. Yes, yes, I, I think my whole life is a learning <laughs> curve, really, so, and still learning, right? Oh, yeah, it's uh, never-ending. You know, every day, just when I think I've heard it or seen it mm-hmm. all, something new happens, and I'm like, wow, okay, another learning moment, <laughs> right? So what are you curious about these days? Where does your curiosity take you? Oh, wow, you know, so I'm currently a mental health therapist, right? and I also work in uh, physician wellness, mm-hmm. and... Um, and I also work at, in pediatrics. Mm-hmm. So I'm so, oh, wow, I, um, I, I need variety. Right. And I'm, but I also do some modeling on the side, mm-hmm. still continue with mm-hmm. um, some branding. And I love that creative, I just have the best of both worlds. It kind of balances out. I have mm-hmm. my professional career, and then mm-hmm. I get to do some fun stuff, mm-hmm. which is my self-care routine. Oh, so, really? Yeah, okay. it actually is like um, modeling is mm-hmm. my self-care. It, it, it gets me out of my head. Mm-hmm. 
and be someone that nobody knows or no one, you know, because sometimes I'm being told I'm unrelatable. Okay. You know, or they view me as a professional and they don't know truly what my background is or where I come from. Mm -hmm. And it's always uh, fascinating for them to find out, oh, this girl once was a mud wrestler. <laughs> So, <laughs> a right? lot of people have that in their resume. Right? <laughs> That's so, right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like going back to people are people. Mm. Yeah. And where, you know, I just keep evolving and I'm a lifelong learner. I believe in professional development. Mm -hmm. But where would I see myself in the future? I, I don't know. Mm. I really don't know at this moment. I'm at a really good place and stage mm -hmm. in my life yeah. where I. Um, you know, I have amazing relationships in my life mm -hmm. that I've built and, you know, really good supportive network. And I'm a connector, mm -hmm. so I like connecting people. Mm -hmm. And uh, if I can help someone further their career or, you know, just guiding a young model or whatever mm -hmm. that looks like, I take pride in those connections. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's so, cool. but for the future, I don't know. I'm so open to that. <laughs> <laughs> So you have that. so far to go. I You're such a young little puppy. Oh, right. <laughs> I have the, the gray beard to just look back on things with wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you've seen it all too. Yeah. We have seen a lot. 40 years of photographing women, there's been a, quite a variety in there that's come along. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so what belief has come up in your childhood that has really been your rock for you? That, that you sit back and go, that that's the thing that gets me through stuff. Well, I, the, my mother was a very strong woman. She was mm -hmm. a single mother of three children. Dad and mother separated in mm -hmm. early age. I think I was five at the time. Mm -hmm. And my father was the one man for her. Right. So she never, ever engaged in another relationship after mm -hmm. him. So she was single most, most of my mm -hmm. life. Right. So just watching her independence and her strength mm -hmm. really gave me the strength. And, um, you know, just her guidance and she really gave me resiliency mm -hmm. to deal with the hard times and and just you know just practicing kindness and gratefulness always being grateful mm -hmm. has brought me more opportunities and staying optimistic mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people lose sight of what they do have so mm -hmm. she always encouraged us to really celebrate what we had mm -hmm. you know which as a single mother wasn't a lot mm -hmm. But I appreciated what her and what she could do for us, and our life was rich. Yeah, money is useful, but it doesn't mm -hmm. define how rich a life can be, does it? No, it does not. And actually, money has been the root of all evil mm -hmm. for a lot of people I mm -hmm. know, and a lot of people have been misguided by mm -hmm. by material objects, you know? Yeah, they can be. And it's the thing with money, I think, in a lot of cases is it's... No, at a young age, we're not trained how to work with it. Mm -hmm. And so it's a very powerful device, but it's like fire. If you don't know how to That's look right. after fire, you're going to get burned. If you don't know how to handle money, it's going to, it's going to bite you because you don't have that mental grasp. That's right. And I, I can speak on that as mm -hmm. well, given mm -hmm. like I was so young and making a lot of money in, mm -hmm. in the entertainment industry and had no concept of accounting or, you know, I, I had some great leather outfits. <laughs> That's <laughs> and, my investment protocol. <laughs> right? It's like I had leather in every color. <laughs> but uh, I didn't know how to manage my money, and I mm -hmm. wish someone did because I literally would have been set for life. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. The, um, the, 
the process of, of where money can take you or where experiences kind of take you and, mm -hmm. and gets on into that. But the, the gratitude is powerful. It, I understand it actually releases chemicals in your brain when you're grateful to say it out loud to somebody. That's right. And I, also, I don't think people understand how far a kind word can go mm -hmm. to someone. You know what makes my day? It's not when a, a male um, comments on mm -hmm. my outfit or right. my shoes or whatever mm -hmm. that looks like or yeah. your smile. Mm -hmm. It's when another woman mm -hmm. actually reaches out to you and say, has, hey, great outfit. Mm -hmm. It's rare that women practice that or will do that. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why that is. You know, I think at a young age, we're taught to compete with one another. Mm -hmm. But I've always tried to embrace other women and mm -hmm. make them feel comfortable around me and include them in our conversation. And if they're wearing something great or mm -hmm. there's something unique to them, I'm going to comment on uh, it. Yeah. yeah, and that makes a lot of women's days because you don't know what they're going through at home. That's, that's right. You, yeah. know, um, they, you know, so I think it really can lift people's spirits and go a long way it does you know? it, it can lift person out of give them the confidence that's um, right it can feel like it's just a very powerful effect and I, I have noticed the people that I work with that are highly successful and, and wealthy and so on their amount of humbleness and gratitude like mm -hmm. there's, there's one fellow that um, is just an amazing individual and he, how many when you in a conversation it's like thank you thank you thank you Yes. You know, and yeah. I'm going, wow, because you know, we're not in the same plane, but he's um, he's respectful of everybody. Mm -hmm. kind of so your, your, mud, your mud and jello days, what were they like? <laughs> so I was born in Vancouver. Right. And so I'm an original Vancouver girl. Mm -hmm. And back in the 80s, early 90s, Vancouver was really known for their music scene. Mm -hmm. We had the best music producers, sound engineers. Obviously, Little Mountain Sound. <laughs> I was there, and my best friend was Dallin Brooks at the time, okay. whose father owned Little Mountain Sound. Okay. So I always say Little, Little Mountain Sound was my playground. <laughs> okay. So I got to go in there as a as a young mm -hmm. adult female and mm -hmm. spend time with David Lee Roth. Mm -hmm. um, now, how old are you? Say you're young. Oh gosh, I think I was 19. 19, okay. Yeah, and uh, I hung out with David Lee Roth. He mm -hmm. liked to spend his time in CD mm -hmm. bars. <laughs> and so we would go to the Cecil Hotel right. and have some drinks and mm -hmm. watch some um, exotic entertainment. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it was a grand time. Like looking back on that now, it seems surreal, <laughs> you know, but I met. The guys from Poison mm -hmm. and Slaughter and so many musicians became best friends with uh, Bob Rock, mm -hmm. Paul Hyde, uh, Matt Fernand of Loverboy, the drummer. Right. Actually, I consider like my big brother. So he was the <laughs> one that looked out for me when I was right. getting out of hand. Mm -hmm. So he, those guys <laughs> reined me in. That's an odd concept to have rock bands reining you in. <laughs> they, yes, they were reining me in because I knew I was a young girl right. and I was impressionable and I was just really mm -hmm. friendly right. and they knew that some people would take advantage of that. Right. So Matt really, really was like, always my big brother, like, no, don't do that. That's not a good idea. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, I'm glad I have that lived experience. It was mm -hmm. um, just such a fun time and you know, I like Jello wrestling. It was fun rolling around in Jello. Like who doesn't? I think Cherry's my favorite. So, how big is the is the Jello container at? So, 
they used to use those swimming pools. Okay. So those like inflatable swimming mm -hmm. pools. My gosh, I can't. I don't know what size that would be. Like six feet. Yes. Around that. Yeah, mm -hmm. something like that. <laughs> and you know, they would just cube out a ton of Jello. I don't right. know if people were making it in their bathtubs at night. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, they'd just all throw it in, and you'd be in there with another girl. Right. And uh, some moves were, you know, in advance. Mm -hmm. We knew what was going on. If yeah. you grab a girl by the back of the head, you're going to shake your head around, right? right? Yeah. So some of it was pure acting and that. Some of it was not. <laughs> a few times I got in a ring with a big six-foot-tall blonde, and I'm a little brunette, and, and got my ass whooped. So, it, it, <laughs> you know, but it was it was fun. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think my parents were too happy about it, but... Uh, uh, you know, it led me to, uh, you know, some great opportunities. <laughs> I started uh, Foxy Boxing for Playboy and mm -hmm. so worked some of the Playboy clubs in the States. Right. Got sent to Hawaii for three months, lived mm -hmm. on the Big Island, which was wonderful. Mm -hmm. I surfed and snorkeled every day <laughs> and did my four shows a day, and that was oil wrestling. Right. But, uh, you know, but just... It was great. Like, I uh, I actually worked Bon Jovi, John mm -hmm. Bon Jovi's stag. Right. <laughs> and that was one of the most surreal moments of my mm -hmm. life, you know, like sitting there with Richie Sambora and me in my bikinis serving <laughs> drinks. <laughs> but, you know, it was great. It was a great opportunity. It was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. um, some people would say I was objectified. But mm -hmm. you know what? I, I made a lot of money. Yeah. And I had a lot of fun, and like I said, a great yeah. lot of their outfits. <laughs> yeah, we had photographed a lot of girls doing the same kind of thing in the early days. Yes, and yeah. they were embracing it. Like this, mm -hmm. you know, some of the labels that get that their their people are sort of post putting that back onto yes. it. I'm thinking back on the girls and going, no, they had a good time. This was yeah. was their choice, and they really embraced it. And they took control of it. And I and I agree. And, and, you know, I agree. And a lot of people say, oh, my God, you are exploited. Mm -hmm. I never felt exploited. Mm -hmm. I always had a good time. When yeah. it didn't become fun, I stopped doing it. Yeah, really simple. So uh, it's, that, it's yeah. that simple. And, um, yeah. So it was a lot I of think fun. sometimes the lens with which people are looking at the past, um, they don't, they don't take into account what it was like in those days. Mm -hmm. you know, going back far back to the Johnny McDonald things and yeah. and even the eighties, you you look at the lens from today's thing. Think, well, that that's inappropriate. And that's bad. And yeah, but it, it, at the time, it was the thick of it. It was yeah. It was quite quite all right. Yeah, it was. You know, there was a band playing in every hotel back yeah, then. That's right? right. So you know, those guys became our brothers and best friends, mm -hmm. and they looked after us, and yeah. we looked after them, and. Um, you know, you traveled around Canada and the States, mm -hmm. and you know, and uh, you know, I was on many a tour bus. That's who I traveled <laughs> with, and um, you know, it was you know, it was just it was a different, totally different atmosphere. Yeah. Than it's now. really hard to describe yeah. to, for someone what that was like and how yeah. it's not the way they perceive it necessarily. For it, so bringing that forward, how did that sort of shape the next stage of your life? Wow. Um, so. Like I said, I so I got ended up getting pregnant okay. during this time, mm -hmm. uh, and I decided that I didn't want my son mm -hmm. to be raised in that lifestyle. I didn't right. think it would be a healthy lifestyle, always traveling mm -hmm. and just the work hours right. and, and numerous things. And so I um, came back to Calgary mm -hmm. and moved in with my mom when mm -hmm. I was about four months pregnant. Mm -hmm. I just kind of showed up and said, hey, I'm pregnant. <laughs> um, you know, and uh, so I decided that school, mm -hmm. and uh, this was the time I should get my social work diploma. Mm -hmm. So I actually, while I was pregnant, went 
to Mount Royal College mm -hmm. and got my diploma in social work during that time and then um, actually was employed right away. Cool. Yeah, working with uh, persons with disabilities, uh, mm -hmm. which was a great experience that, yeah, very interesting uh, <laughs> situations there that I was always in because I worked with highly violent, aggressive individuals. Wow. So uh, paranoid schizophrenia, mm -hmm. bipolar, depression, manic. So, you know, so there were some pretty interesting situations where I'd mm -hmm. been assaulted a few times mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, and then some people came to me and said, you know, why don't you become a correctional officer because you won't get <laughs> assaulted? <laughs> and I was thinking, hmm, well, that sounds like a good idea. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I kind of, that led me into um, working in corrections, mm -hmm. which actually was um, a good choice for me because mm -hmm. I was not assaulted in corrections. <laughs> they have kind of their own code right. of offenders, mm -hmm. um, and they're very respectful of female officers. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so... I never had any issues. I was a surveillance officer, mm -hmm. uh, so I was out in the community of Calgary checking on people in their homes. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so you never knew what you're going to walk into. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes there would be a drug deal going on when I show up at the door, <laughs> and then I'd be like, oh, this is a breach. Uh, but uh, you know, so it, it was fascinating. I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And somewhere along the way, you were part owner of a, of a sports team. Yeah, so my ex-husband mm -hmm. owned a, a professional sports team, mm -hmm. so a lacrosse team, mm -hmm. and yeah, so that was really interesting. Uh, he was a part, we owned it partly with mm -hmm. two other individuals, you know, and uh, when I married him, mm -hmm. it was quite interesting um, because I wasn't in their crowd. Right. So I would show up at the games mm -hmm. in the box with a group of my girls. I call them my girl squad. <laughs> okay. And, you know, I just have a few drinks and have fun and just be like, woo! And, um, you know, they uh, they were always annoyed, I think. <laughs> yeah, serious sports people don't want to be trifled with. <laughs> no, they don't. But, you know, like I never grew up with lacrosse. Right. So, and uh, he had. And so he was very passionate about lacrosse. And mm -hmm. he did a lot of good for the mm -hmm. lacrosse community. Right. And, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, that, it was really fun. We had uh, some interesting moments, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, my son, we have a son together, mm -hmm. and he actually, from the time he was born, has mm -hmm. been playing lacrosse. He's, right. He's, like, had a lacrosse stick over his bassinet. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, destiny, did he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, but, yeah, no. So, and he, he does quite well in lacrosse, too. His mm -hmm. older brothers are professional lacrosse players, mm -hmm. so... He's got lots of role models. Yeah, yeah. That is so so cool. Yeah, no, it was it was really fun. You know, a lot of people didn't like me because when we got uh, divorced, mm -hmm. I was the uh, bad lady in the blogs. Right. Like, oh, she got all the money in the divorce. I want everyone to know I got nothing, <laughs> nada, nothing in the divorce. <laughs> so. Uh, so why was that? Was that a, a choice? Do you just want to cut um, and go off, or just the way it worked out? So it, the marriage was very short. Mm -hmm. It was short duration, right. and. And just, I, you know, I wasn't really entitled to anything. He owned mm -hmm. a lot of it before me. Right. And, yeah, just... So you approach it with a sense of fairness. Yeah, I, just, you yeah. know, I tried, I tried to be fair. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, unfortunately, he, you know, we, we struggle still today, mm -hmm. our relationship. Mm -hmm. He's very controlling. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there was some abuse in the marriage, some mm -hmm. verbal and emotional abuse, mm -hmm. which... 
that really actually molded me more mm -hmm. than anything that relationship where mm -hmm. I found my passion and my passion is domestic violence mm -hmm. and it, it really led me to finding a position working with women mm -hmm. domestic violence survivors and helping mm -hmm. them find their own voices and narratives mm -hmm. and um, I just I love I love seeing a woman find herself it's just nothing like it when yeah. they ha find their voice yes I that's close to my heart because, of course, we're a transformational photographer. Yeah. So in the course of even four hours, I spend up to ten hours with our clients. But in the photo shoot, we see a woman come in who's who's there because she wants to be confident or wants to find her voice or something. Mm -hmm. And the way we structure the photo shoot, we get to see that now. Not nearly the depth that you do with the practice that you take, mm -hmm. but we're we're part of a we're part of the program, I guess you'd call it, into what they're trying yeah. to do. And to um, to watch a woman change her perspective for herself is it's amazing. I just love it. Yeah, no, and I I totally could see that just with, mm -hmm. I would take these women for a haircut yeah. or their nails done or just a facial, mm -hmm. some kind of form of self-care for them. Mm -hmm. And the transformation just from that little thing, because I know from, from my mm -hmm. past marriages that I had no confidence, mm -hmm. no self-esteem. Yeah. I was probably in the lowest point in my life mm -hmm. where I, I was like, and I had postpartum depression on mm -hmm. top of it that was right. undiagnosed. Mm -hmm. So that definitely was the lowest point in my life, and somewhere I found my strength, and then when I see these women find their strength, you know, it just it makes my day, and I, I, it has led me to my current motto, which is, okay. how can I make your life better today? That's an amazing motto. That's a very serving motto. Like it's powerful, powerful. Yeah, I I wholeheartedly believe mm -hmm. that that it's important. It's really important. So when you say that to someone, what, mm -hmm. what kind of response do you normally get? Do you get people saying, "Oh, look, here's what I need," or are they kind of I'm not too sure where you're coming from? Like, what, what's your normal response? They don't know how to. They don't know how to take me. Mm -hmm. They're like, you know, you get the like defensive people mm -hmm. or you get them like what do you want from me <laughs> um you know i'm like no truly i'm interested mm -hmm. in knowing what you need from me mm -hmm. our relationship our contact whatever that is, our mm -hmm. interaction even yeah. what what does that look like mm -hmm. for you and how can how can i improve your life mm -hmm. you know because every interaction to me improves my life in some way or enriches my life in some way mm -hmm. You know, whether it's a learning moment, a ha moment, a, you know, whatever that looks like. It takes on many shapes. It many does. Forms. One of the th books I've read a long time ago, I should try and find the title of it again and reread it, but the, one of the core tenets in it was, is that there's a sea of people that swarm past you every day. Mm -hmm. And yet, every now and then, someone will stand out. Like, yeah. like you notice them. Yeah. yeah. And the book's pur purpose was to act on that. Uh -huh. um, because you'll, otherwise, until you act, keep on seeing that person as someone like them, because there's a lesson, an education, a connection, or something that mm -hmm. the that the um, that the spirit spots, and yeah. that's the and the helpful thing is it leads you down many paths. It does. I, I had a situation with mm -hmm. a woman in Starbucks, mm -hmm. and she looked frazzled, mm -hmm. and so I w I just gently tapped her and I said, "Are you okay?" Mm -hmm. And just those words flooded, like mm -hmm. she just flooded, like, yeah. you know, and said, I'm not okay. Mm -hmm. And um, and then she just sat down with me and I spoke to her for a little bit. And, you know, I think people just need to talk, right? And communicate yeah. and just validating their feelings that they're being heard. Yeah, uh, that is so powerful um, because people, even if they're not acted upon, 
Mm-hmm. Like just, just the act of sharing where I'm at right now. Yeah. Um, that your role is just a, a ears. You just listen to what it is. And often as they speak it, they find their own solutions. Yes. Or at yeah. least their own comfort area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and I, not enough people stop, right, to take mm-hmm. that moment and check in with their fellow human beings, right? Yeah, and uh, if more people would check on in one another, we'd have like a happier world. It's drifting apart. Like, it like is. It's, um, it's, the COVID thing has been kind of interesting because of how people are being forced to relate. And yeah. you're hearing some of these jokes that there's a lady in my house. I think she's my wife, but I think she's the cleaner. She seems like a nice person. <laughs> yeah, those memes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, I, uh, yeah it's fascinating world mm-hmm. we're living in. Uh, I, you know, it's we're losing that connection more mm-hmm. and more, unfortunately. And more people are becoming divided. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not loving where we are at in the world today, you know. Mm-hmm. And... Um, but we need to find other ways to reconnect. We do. I've, I've been fortunate. I keep on. Oh, that's one of the advantages of the podcast is mm-hmm. I get, it's a, it's a way for me to connect to people. Yes. And very, yeah. very diverse people. So that's how come I, because without this, we would never have met. Yeah, no, for and sure. So when someone asks you, mm-hmm. what can they do for you? What do you, how do you respond? you know (laughs) so here's my weakness (laughs) okay is that i'm more i get more out of giving Mm -hmm. than receiving Mm -hmm. so it's really hard for me to accept Mm -hmm. i guess help sometimes or or assistance or recognize when i'm Mm -hmm. floundering right so i'm i'm always more interested in hearing how other people are doing my my friends know when i'm Mm -hmm. not doing well they check in Mm -hmm. and uh you know, that's the great thing about my friends is they they automatically know. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, she's quiet or something's yeah. going on. or, But, you know, sometimes it's just talking like mm-hmm. we are today. Yeah. I need that human interaction. And, that's what feeds oh, your soul. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, just going for a coffee with mm-hmm. one a friend. Or I'm really big on relationships. And mm-hmm. relationships, um, for me, have a lot of value. Mm-hmm. And I value the relationships I have. So to me, maintenance mm-hmm. is a big thing. So your relationships deeper than more surface. Uh, my core group right mm-hmm. now are mm-hmm. quite deep, mm-hmm. and you know you weed out the bad ones as you go over the years. Yeah. And you know they're that they had their own agenda, whatever mm-hmm. that looks like. Yeah. You know, and uh, the friends I have now, I will have for life. Mm-hmm. And I Do they go back quite a ways. My best friend, Michelle, mm-hmm. we've known each other since grade seven. Wow. My other three girlfriends, mm-hmm. we've known each other since 20. These are the girls <laughs> I hang out with today. That's powerful. The stats I've read is that every seven years, usually for the majority of people, your friends turn over. Oh, okay. So that if you talk to the average person, their friends, their current friends, don't go back more than seven years. It's very rare to have someone going back more than that. Wow, I did see. I did not know that. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that is, so they're they're very treasured. They're very treasured. They are, and you know, like I and I've been so fortunate, and then I've had some new people come mm-hmm. into my life that have really been the cherry on the top too, <laughs> and that we've just connected from the moment we opened our mm-hmm. mouths. You oh, know, when yeah. you get that instant connection, mm-hmm. um, there's nothing better than that. And then there's there's been a, a male friend of mine mm-hmm. that's been in my life for three years. And um, him and I have, have a very deep soul connection, mm-hmm. and uh, we check on one another 
all the time. So. so when you go deep in your conversations, and this is, mm -hmm. a lot of people recognize the difference yeah. between a shallow and a depth thing. Yes. What kind of conversations do you have when you're going into a, into a deep conversation, when you're going beyond the surface of isn't the weather nice today and who's going to win that game and politics and stuff? Well, we will talk about current events. Oh, yeah. Right. But when you, when you go down lower, when you sit back and say, okay, this is going to be a bonding conversation. Sure. We talk about feelings and mm -hmm. emotions and how we're truly feeling about the situations or scenarios, mm -hmm. whether it's racism mm -hmm. or, you know, COVID or, you know, we talk about, they're the only people I would literally come out and say what is happening in my life today. Mm -hmm. And they're the people that know my background, my history, and mm -hmm. I've never felt judged. Right. And I can tell them almost any, anything mm -hmm. in the world and feel safe doing that. That's a key thing. If you're going to have a deep conversation, if you're mm -hmm. going to share that deeply, it's not something that comes out of a workshop. It's You've got to really feel that the people see the whole you mm -hmm. and understand this is a sliver that you're struggling with or you want to express. Is that fair? Oh yeah, mm -hmm. no, for sure. I yeah, you have to be in a safe environment. I can't. I couldn't speak my truth mm -hmm. to every individual. Even mm -hmm. my own siblings don't understand me. Mm -hmm. But that's where your friends come in, right? Mm -hmm. When your family quite isn't there <laughs> for you. And I think we all struggle with our families. Yeah, thread. Right. <laughs> so, but yeah, you, you, I. It's important for me to speak my truth, mm -hmm. and my, and it's important for my friends to speak their truth to me. Mm -hmm. And if they're upset with me, we can say we're upset with one another mm -hmm. and there'll be no hard feelings. We mm -hmm. get past it. Yeah. You know, um, my girlfriend that I've been friends with since grade seven, mm -hmm. we've had maybe one argument mm -hmm. in, you know, since grade seven. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and it was silly. Yeah. It probably speaks to acceptance. Like, mm -hmm. I find, a lot of people I find are either, if I read, you know, the, some of the social media things, um, people have gotten thin-skinned, mm -hmm. and they like to explode a casual comment, if you will. Does that seem sense? That's accurate. Mm -hmm. I, I would say watching social media is mm -hmm. like a ticking time bomb right now <laughs> for a lot of people, yeah. and you're just like, whoa. Like, I think since, since March, I've mm -hmm. probably deleted so many mm -hmm. people that mm -hmm. I've just, you know... Um, I don't know. They, their mental <laughs> health is definitely, I would say, you know, at risk. Yeah. And, um, and I, you know, I don't know what to say. I, I, and then some people believe that it's really brought out our true selves. I don't know if I agree with that. I, I don't. Um, I think there's a, um, a sense of pot shots safety, if you yes, will, that yeah. I can make this thing kind of anonymously, even if my name's there, I can kind of make this shot, and if I stir up the pot enough, and sometimes yeah. I'm looking for reaction. I don't, yeah, I mean, yeah. sometimes, it, usually there's an agenda. Someone is trying to, has read a book, like you can almost spot when a book has come out and say these things, do these things, and you'll get, you know, more traffic. Yes, and, yeah. And so you can see the different agendas of people trying to ramp up their their views and, mm -hmm. and and it's it's um it always has kind of puzzled me so yeah no, yes i did have one explosive mm -hmm. conversation with a girlfriend where she just immediately started yelling at me because mm -hmm. she felt she wasn't being heard and right. and i said to her i hear you mm -hmm. the thing is is i don't have the same values as you so either right. you can respect that mm -hmm. or like again mm -hmm. agree to disagree yeah or I guess, I don't know where our friendship will lie at the mm -hmm. end of this. 
Yeah. You know, because I'm hearing what people are saying and mm-hmm. I and I get people are scared right now. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is coming from a place of fear. Mm-hmm. And people are running on fear right now. They are. Mm-hmm. Um, it exists a lot. I guess uh, for me, I have such a sanctuary here. Yes, uh, you know, yes. Clients come into my studio. We've got a, the project, uh, Her Body Speaks, and we'll have just a whole bunch of women. Yeah. And it's just a very, very safe space. And yeah. so I, I get, I don't see as much turmoil as mm-hmm. a lot of people do. Yeah. And I'm very fortunate that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's a great project to work on, right? So the project's kind of cool. It's yeah. been it's been fun. Yeah, no, that's excellent. And the modeling that you work with now, mm-hmm. what type of modeling do you do that appeals to you? Uh, you know, just print. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'm more of a glamour girl. Right. So <laughs> your I, 80s is still there. It's still there, right? It's, I've, I've got to share this, listeners. She she walked in today, and it's neon green boots and skirt, and it's a delight to see. It was just wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. That's that's my personality. Right? That's right, and it works well. <laughs> it's it's consistent. It, it's just it's wonderfully framed but I just had to share that that was good <laughs> thanks well so yeah. you're looking for modeling that's that's more fun it's, it's yeah, kind of it, the, the balance of the of the pretty serious work that you do mm-hmm. and then this is kind of frivolous uh, probably a bad term but but it's it's playful this is where you get to play in and just blow off steam that gives you balance yeah that, it that gives care? me balance and you know I love the way some social media has gone with women that are aging now in mm-hmm. terms of it's acceptable all mm-hmm. body sizes are acceptable mm-hmm. um, women aging now are not discounted mm-hmm. so I always like to one of my big things is gender or mm-hmm. age will not define me mm-hmm. so I'll keep modeling as long as I can and have fun with it you know there's uh, I came across a modeling agency in Russia mm-hmm. and they will not hire a model under 65 years old Fabulous. Um, it's and, and they're pretty amazing people, and yeah. they, their um, their their looks are stunning. They're sought after by because yeah. you know, they're trying to em- embrace the older models. So they finally dawned on the uh, some of the marketers that women in their fifties mm-hmm. who want to spend really good money yeah. will not be enticed by a young girl in in the things they want to buy. They just they just like that's not they don't relate to that. So. They're going, well, we need a woman of appropriate age for the products. Right? And so I love uh, local designer Kate Huco, okay. who I have done some runway shows for mm-hmm. and modeled some of her product. Yeah. She, that's her mindset mm-hmm. and that's her belief. So right. all, you'll see her Instagram account is all mm-hmm. older models because that's mm-hmm. who's buying her product. Yes, right. It's not the 20 year olds. So mm-hmm. why not have the women that actually wear the clothes model yeah, the clothes? That makes model so the products. much sense. Oh, it's really. Clever. So what would be an inspirational quote for you? Oh. What's up on your wall? What's up on my wall? <coughs> you know, I don't know. This sounds kind of cheesy, but do on to others. <laughs> they would do on to you. Would yeah. be would be. The I kind of guess one. that would be yeah. the, the theme that she'd take. <laughs> yeah. So um, you know, there's nothing I can think of that's witty right now in my head. But you know, mm. I um. I practice some of the Buddhist faith mm-hmm. in my life, so uh, I'll go to the temple and meditate, mm-hmm. and um, but you know, just really practicing kindness and compassion every day. Mm-hmm. You know, being aware of that. Yeah, and and just trying to understand. Um, I'm, uh, you know, I, I talk about understanding. Um, I like I said, this thirty-year relationship with this male friend of mine. Mm-hmm. I I'm always seeking to understand him. Mm-hmm. And I don't yet, 
I don't, <laughs> but I'm remaining curious and hopeful, and uh, it's just interesting to me, people. I think it's hard to say, oh, I understand that person. Yes. Because we're fluid. Yeah. Like, so from day to day, something's happened in my life and their life yeah. that has changed them. Mm-hmm. And so now they're not the same person as they That's were right. 24 hours a year ago, two years ago. That's right. And I've also noticed that people don't want to let that go. Like they'll dig back to some obscure post yeah. that somebody made 15 years ago and then they'll beat them up with it. And, you know, don't you think I've moved beyond that? You know, kind of, mm-hmm. And they don't make allowances for that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, no, I... Um yeah, I just I just keep that curiosity, keeping curiosity and wanting to understand, mm-hmm. and you know, and I, I just try to stay humble and grateful. <laughs> well, those are powerful, powerful traits for you to work with. Mm-hmm. They're really they're really well. Well, they've served me well, mm-hmm, and clearly. I've done well in in all my careers, mm-hmm. uh, just for the fact that I have been open mm-hmm. and you know flexible and. Um, eager, eager to learn. It sounds like I'd say that you recognize opportunity and take advantage of, advantage is the wrong term, you step into opportunity. I do, mm-hmm. I do. So I'll give you an example. Sure. The latest shoot I did, mm-hmm. um, which was um, for um, my friend that mm-hmm. has a jewelry uh, store, a mm-hmm. 100-year-old jewelry store in Hamilton. Right. Okay. So um, some of my friends saw some of the photos from mm-hmm. that shoot, and then I was offered another job because of that mm-hmm. shoot, and then another person wanted to use one of the photos, mm-hmm. and then I'm in other worlds <laughs> and other opportunities. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm like, and I never say no. Mm-hmm. My mom passed away in 2008, mm-hmm. a few weeks before her birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, she was Miss Montreal. When oh, she was, so you come by this honestly, so to speak. Yeah, yeah so she was Miss Montreal when she was young. I, mm-hmm. I don't know the age, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Right. But I tried to celebrate her birthday every year in June mm-hmm. by stepping out of my box. Okay. So the first year she passed, mm-hmm. I entered Mrs. Calgary pageant mm-hmm. just because she used to be a pageant queen. Mm-hmm. And I entered just, and it was in June. They were hosting it in June. Patty Faulkner had it in June. Right. And I thought, I wanted to go and give a speech about organ donation. Mm-hmm. So I went, and I had, everyone was in tears. Mm-hmm. I gave a speech, but that was a big moment for me, and, and uh, talking about my mom and the impact of my mom. And I was so adamantly against organ donation when my mom first told me she mm-hmm. wanted her organs donated, because mm-hmm. I wanted to keep her whole. Right. Just wanted to keep her whole. And then... Um, you know, when she passed, it was the most peaceful passing. Mm-hmm. And I went to the window and I opened the window and I felt like her spirit left. Mm-hmm. And to me, death isn't scary anymore. Mm-hmm. And so that was a pivotal moment for me because so now every June, I step out of my box, whether mm-hmm. it's bungee jumping in <laughs> okay. Nanaimo, <laughs> right. off the bridge, or skydiving in Arizona, mm-hmm. uh, entering a beauty pageant, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in honor of her mm-hmm. that's what i try and do every june unfortunately this june there's nothing really um <laughs> given of, covid yeah. uh that i could think of other than maybe not wear a mask out i'm not <laughs> there quite you sure go. <laughs> <laughs> that's risky in a dangerous way yes right so I, I understand what you're saying there i just came across an article a lady on her 102nd birthday oh. um did parachute out of a plane skydiving nice and she she goes up with her walker and her pack back on to the plane, and then she, when they leave, they give her her walker, and she's leaving this thing, and it's just, it was so surreal. Yeah. 
but that's a lifetime of passion, a lifetime of stepping out. And it, it is, and um, you know, I rarely say no mm-hmm. to an opportunity unless it's something totally against my values, and yeah. I'll say no. But I rarely say no, and mm-hmm. it, it's I've lived my life like that, and I've taken my friends on some crazy adventures. Yes, you would. Yes. I can I can really see that. I can really see that. So, is there any resources that people could consider looking at to give to get us go themselves in a similar path that you've been on? Oh my gosh! Um, I think people have their own defining moments, mm-hmm. whatever that looks like. For right. me, it was domestic violence. Mm-hmm. I think the community outreach, outreach team mm-hmm. at YWCA mm-hmm. is an amazing team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll meet women out in the public mm-hmm. in a coffee shop and just mm-hmm. talk to them right. and see where they're at. Are they mm-hmm. ready to leave? Are they not ready to leave? Mm-hmm let's safety plan whatever that looks like mm-hmm. right so um Calgary women's emergency shelter also mm-hmm. has an outreach program mm-hmm. that meets women in the community because usually it takes women eight to eleven times before they'll leave an abusive relationship really i had no idea yes and for whatever reason mm-hmm. economically whatever reason right. they want to stay so they meet i think it's an amazing program mm-hmm. on at both Mm-hmm. organizations so they do a really good job they have a 24-hour crisis line mm-hmm. um, that women can reach out to and talk to and get some resources um, there is court support out there mm-hmm. for women that are fleeing um, an abusive relationship they do have someone supporting you in your application right at the courthouse mm-hmm. um, yeah there's so, so many, many good resources. resources in Calgary you know it's an issue that obviously I'm passionate about mm-hmm. but there's so many great resources in Calgary yeah, it's uh, we've encountered. There's been a lot of our clients I've noticed have got a thread of that from mm-hmm. divorce, and and it's always sad for me to see. But I like to see their voice stepping up at the same yeah. time. It's it's um, you know, kind of getting it, it out there. Mm-hmm. So, what's your biggest piece of sunshine? We're going to end on that. What what is your biggest piece of sunshine? When you got up this week and you go, this is why this is a good week. Oh my gosh, I was, in, <laughs> I was in training all week. I don't know. Okay, then next week or last week. Oh gosh. You know, I'm honored every mm-hmm. time someone tells me their narrative. Right. And so for me, I that makes my day. Mm-hmm. Someone sharing a piece of themselves with me mm-hmm. because they trust me. I can see that would that would be a highlight. Yeah, that's so, a big step up. Yeah, Great. so that would make it for me. <laughs> thank you for your time today, Marianne. Yeah, thank it's, you. It's, it's been fun. it's been really a, a great conversation. It's been interesting. I never know where these are going to go. And <laughs> Jello was not what I was expecting, but <laughs> I, well, neither did I. I didn't know what was going to come out in this interview. I could have gone one or two ways. <laughs> And yeah, that's great. So uh, this has been Mark Laurie with Laurie Ann Sakla from Fascinating Women. Um, check our podcast. We'd love it if you would uh, become a subscriber and listen to us all the time. We have a very diverse show. And then check into Her Body Speaks as well, herbodyspeaks.ca. That's another project we're on that gives voice to women. And this is Mark Laurie from Inner Spirit Photography and Fascinating Women saying thank you for joining us. Bye now. This has been Fascinating Women with Mark Laurie. Join us on our website and subscribe at fascinatingwomen.ca. Fascinating Women has been sponsored by Inner Spirit Photography of Calgary, Alberta and is produced in Calgary by Lee Ellis and My Office Media.